five loading one and two and effects two. Stepping out now, we're live at 60. Broussard trying to stagger free. Meanwhile, it's played along to him. Centering pass flagged down by Green. Played into traffic, though. Starting back up with a mouse. Martinez in a three on two. Clifford gave it across. It's held in a shot. It's a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris. Happy New Year, everyone. Just like Sir Elton John said, today is Wednesday. Another Wednesday has come. Another Wednesday is gone. And I'm glad that you could take out your time to share it with me right here on the Scoop Talk Show. It's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 Mountain, and 12 on the West Coast. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me right here. The Scoop Talk Show is simultaneously being broadcast in 33 countries worldwide right here on Yellow Jacket Network and is powered by Simplecast and WordPress. You can now download and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, and Yellow Jacket Network, as well as catch the show on YouTube and all other streamlining services that is available to you on the Internet. You can follow, like, and subscribe, and rate the Scoop Talk Show on Facebook. The Scoop Talk Show is also on Instagram. Yes, we are on Instagram at the real Sean Harris. That is the real Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Harris. You can also follow us on Twitter at YJ Media KZOO. That's capital YJ Media Capital K, little A, capital Z, double O. And the Scoop Talk Show is also brought to you by our following sponsors. WMU, Go Broncos, OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours, from cakes to cookies to cupcakes. She has it all. She also does private catering for all the cases. So if you have an event around the corner or down the road, she got you covered. You can contact her. Follow her and place an order on her Facebook and Instagram pages at OMG Suites. That's double O H E double M G double E Suites. OGM Suites. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located near Western Michigan University on KL Avenue, provides everything you need for your smoking needs and has the best price deals. From e-liquids to vapes to hookahs to CBDs to glass pipes and much more. For special weekly deals, follow, like, and subscribe to their Facebook and Instagram page at Stay Glassy KZU. Go see Guri today. 
Kezu Coney, located at the Bernhardt Center of Western Michigan University's campus, has great food from breakfast to lunch on the menu. So if you're coming to visit Kalamazoo or happen to live in Kezu, drop in and visit Kezu Coney. Great food, great service, great staff. Kezu Coney, home away from home. Residence in suites of Kalamazoo Marriott. Provides everything you need for a getaway stay when you're visiting Kalamazoo. With luxury and spacious King Queen penthouses, double full-size suites, Full kitchens complete with microwave, coffee makers, dishes, and cutlery. Complete services by the housekeeper staff. Complimentary breakfast each and every day, and free Wi-Fi in every room. A great staff and a great staff to help you with everything or anything you need during your stay. That's Residence Inn, Kalamazoo Marriott. Check them out soon. We have a jam-packed hour for you today. Like I said, once again, Happy New Year to all of you out there that is tuning into the Scoop Talk Show. We're going to be talking a little bit about the NFL. Yes, now that the regular season is over, the playoff seating has begun. The playoffs are here. We're going to be talking about breaking down the Cowboys game against Washington and the Eagles game against the Giants. We're going to, speaking of the Giants, we're going to be talking about Eli's last stance. Well, we don't know. Because on Monday, he was not certain on whether or not he's going to retire or whether or not he's going to continue on playing somewhere else. But we're going to get a little bit about that, talk a little bit about that. We're going to break the Eagles down as well, too, the Philadelphia Eagles as well, and their win over the New York Giants. We're going to talk a little bit about NCAA football as well. Yes, the bowl games has begun, the bowl Games are working on right now. We're going to talk about Western Michigan lost on Monday afternoon to Western Kentucky. It was a thriller, which I felt that Western Michigan, if they would have played that last part of that minute of the game of the fourth quarter right, they would have won this football game, but they didn't. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. We're also going to get off into uh, back into the NFL with the head coaches being fired uh, with, and, and who's going to go where and what they're going to do. And hopefully we can squeeze in some last-minute Major League Baseball updates because right now they're still doing the offseason with Major League Baseball. Spring training is right around the corner, and pitchers and catchers will be reporting real soon, and then everybody else will be reporting in, in spring training. Hopefully I can get some type of update on what's going on with the Detroit Tigers and what's going on with them as well as other teams around the league. We're also going to be bringing this on via phone. A special guest to open up the new year. We got CFL's Toronto's Argonox, place kicker and punter, and Grey Cup champion 2016, none other than Zach Medeos, joining me on the show to talk about his career, his start in the league, winning it all, with the Grey Cup back in 2016, as well as what is he doing to give back to the community of his beloved Toronto, Canada, native area. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Stick around. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
subscribe and follow me on all social media. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. Hello everyone, this is Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. I would like to send congratulations out to the WMU men's football team and head coach Tim Lester and his staff. They put together a great season here to close out the decade in 2019, winning six consecutive bowl game appearances in a row for Western Michigan University. Congratulations to Tim Lester, the football players, the staff, and everyone else that was involved to make this season a great season for Western Michigan men's university football team to make it to the first responder bowl. WMU, go Broncos! Hello everyone, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Have you ever wondered about going to the store or something like that and you just not quite satisfied with what they have in the grocery stores or bakeries to satisfy that sweet tooth of yours? Well, I have the answer. Yes, OMG Sweets. Yes, OMG Sweets will provide everything you need for that sweet tooth of yours from anywhere from cakes to pies to different types of pastries to cupcakes, even handmade candy. Baked fresh and ready to order for your enjoyment. Yes, OMG Sweets provides everything you need to sweeten that sweet tooth of yours. You can find her on her Facebook page and also on Instagram at OMG Sweets. And also, did I forget to mention something? She also does personal catering to provide you with everything you need for a certain occasion of yours that you may have coming up or you're planning months ahead. Yes, OMG Sweets. You can contact her once again on her Instagram page and her Facebook page at OMG Sweets. That's double O-H E double M G double E Sweets. OMG Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat. Place your order today. Everyone and welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show was brought to you by Kazu Coney. Kazu Coney, home away from home. We're going to start with the NFL. Like I said earlier in the opening segment of the show, the playoffs are here. Say what? The playoffs are here now. The regular season is over. And now, for some teams, they can move on. And some teams... It's time to rebuild and start all over again because the offseason now has just begun for them. Life stinks. Life stinks. We're going to start with the NFL coaches that has been fired 
as of Sunday night going into Monday and Tuesday as well. Freddie Kitchens of the Cleveland Browns went 6-10 with them in his only season with them released. Now, with the Cleveland Browns, they had a great season last year. Went 8-8, almost made the playoffs. Baker Mayfield was playing outstanding. Landry making catches. The running game was strong and everything. But this year was a little bit different. Baker Mayfield was sacked 40 times this year. Landry did not get as many catches as he did last year, making him a pro bowler. And with the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., they thought that they was going to turn this around to advance even further than what they was. But unfortunately, it was not. And it cost Freddie Kitchens his job. Freddie Kitchens is now out. Of course, we all know Pat Shermer of the Giants was fired on Monday. After the Giants lost to the Philadelphia Eagles to give the Eagles the NFC East Championship, Pat Shermer's out the door. He was 9-23 with the Giants. Eli Manning. His, his future with the Giants is definitely over. He made that announcement on Monday in a press conference. Uh, tough to, you know, kind of know, uh, you know, uh, how you're going to feel on this day. And, and uh, I think it takes a little time for it to kind of truly sink in. Um, just be, um, you know, but it's uh, obviously, uh, you know, have so many fine memories. And I think that's the thing. The great thing about football is that you, uh, you know, you can reflect on on the good things, and you can choose what to remember and what to forget. And uh, you know, I'm going to choose to remember uh, the wins and the and the uh, the fellowship uh, here with my teammates and coaches uh, from you know from this past season and from the 16 seasons prior. So you know, too many uh, great great memories and, and laughs and wins and, and celebrations to. Uh, um, to worry about kind of the, the tough times. Have you made a decision officially on what you No, you know, I, I haven't. I'm going to uh, think about it, and I'm going to, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just, just dwell on it and, and uh, talk to my family and, and just, uh, you know, figure out what, what's uh, what's best for me and, and us and, and what I want to do going forward. Do you have a table? I'm kind of want to make that decision. I, I don't. I don't, I don't, no, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have no, no plans. I think just, um, you know, uh, just sit on it and, and hopefully, um, you know, kind of have that answer on, on what I, you know, what I want to do, um, and, and what my next steps are. And so I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to linger around. I want to try to make it as soon as I, as soon as possible. So I'll, I'll think upon it uh, a bunch over these next, these next days and weeks and, and try to, uh, figure out what I want to do. And Eli's career with the Giants is definitely over, and they're going to turn it over to the to the to the uh, new quarterback that they have on staff to take over, Daniels. Giants need a lot of help. They played terribly this season, absolutely terribly, to compete in the NFC East. Of course, we know Ron Rivera was fired by the Carolina Panthers about two weeks before the season ended. 
Ron Rivera had a lot of difficulties going through this season with Cam Newton being out. A lot of injuries to his, his team. Couldn't make the fight to make it, so he's gone. Jay Gruden with the Washington Redskins has been fired as well. So now Washington is looking at a replacement for him, which from what I understand, according to reports of ESPN, Fox, and my good dear friend Adam Schefter, Rob Rivera might be the next head coach of the Washington Redskins. Adam Gates of the Jets, he's done. Adam Gates, the Jets, just could not stay in competition with the AFC East, led by the Patriots. And then you got a strong, hot team that is also competitive in that division. The Dolphins tried to do something, but they couldn't, know, they couldn't make it. So you got the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots dominating that division. So there was no way that the Jets can do anything at all with that. So he's out. But the shocker to me, y'all, is how in the hell did Matt Patricia keep his job as the Lions head coach? How in the hell that happened? The Lions went 3-12-1 this season. And the goal was for him to come over there to make the Lions better. Instead, the Lions got worse. How in the hell did he keep his job? If y'all go back to the article I wrote about Mrs. Ford, he needed to go. The fans was calling for his job and everything, but nope, Mrs. Ford decided to keep him. And also with Bob Quinn as GM. How in the hell did that happen? But he's staying on board with his job. So I'm wondering how this 2020 season is going to turn out because you got some strong candidates in the running for this as well as we still got to keep an eye out on what the Cowboys going to do with Jason Garrett now all you Cowboy fans out there probably agree with me that Garrett needed to go he needed to go a long time ago come on now you're talking about two NFC championship division titles Two trips to the playoffs in the first round and couldn't advance in the, in, in, during that span. And you still got your job. But I think what Jerry Jones was doing was saying to himself, well, you know what, we gave him a 10-year contract. We're gonna, this is last year of his contract. His contract expires, you know, when the season is over. But we didn't expect that the season would be over that soon. The Cowboys should have won that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, a depleted, injury-riddled Philadelphia Eagles team led by Carson Wentz, and the, and the Cowboys should have won that game last week. 
Because if they would have won that game, they would have won the NFC East back-to-back champions and would have hosted a playoff game the, fo- uh, the following week, which is coming up. But no, the way they played against the Washington Redskins, that's how they should have played against the Eagles. They played horrible against the Eagles. They got beat on the line of scrimmage. Dak Prescott throwing throws to Amari Cooper, throwing to Galoop, and everybody like that overthrowing them. Ezekiel Elliott couldn't get the running game established. You didn't get the ball to Jason Witten. This is why Jason Witten left the booth to come back, to try to help the Dallas Cowboys try to get to the playoffs. But you know what, y'all? Hey, I got to agree with Stephen A., and I usually don't like to agree with Stephen A. on a lot of stuff. Because I hate the way he talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I hate the way he do a lot of things with the Dallas Cowboys. But you know what? That hate is all out of love. Because I respect the man. But I just hate when he get on his show. I hate when he get on ESPN and all other outlets. And even on doing his own personal Instagram page and Facebook page. And he talking bad about the Dallas Cowboys because... His New York Giants is garbage. But I have to agree with him on how they played this season. <clears throat> I have to agree with that. The Dallas Cowboys played horrible. They was in a division this year that they could have easily won hands down. They would have won 10, maybe 12 games this year. But instead, they kept messing up on key games that they should have won. And then you let the Eagles come, come climbing back. And the Eagles been injured all year long. No Deshaun Jackson, no uh, um, Anton Jeffries, no nobody. The running game was not that efficient throughout the season. But somehow, some way, the Philadelphia Eagles was able to turn that season around this year at the last minute to get things going in the right direction despite all the injuries that they have. And the Dallas Cowboys was much more healthier than the Philadelphia Eagles going into that game in Philadelphia last Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And could not get it done. So now, despite them putting up 44 points on the board against Washington, all Philadelphia needed to do was to beat the Giants. I don't care what the score was. All they had to do was beat the Giants. They win the East, and they're in the playoffs. And guess what happened to all of us as Cowboys fans, including myself? Wait till next year. Wait till next year. But you know what? That's fine. Because now we don't have to worry about dealing with Jason Garrett anymore. Because he's out as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Maybe his whole staff is gone. Could be, could be not. So now it's time to look at the new candidates to be the next head coaches. Of these teams. And we don't know how solidified that's going to be. It could be towards the end of the week. Going into next week. We don't know. Um, They're looking at 
Dennis Allen's of the Saints, the Cleveland Browns, is, is wishing permission to talk to him. Um, Eric Bellinami of the Kansas City Chiefs, offensive coordinator of the Giants. The Panthers is asking for permission to talk to him. Uh, Brian DeBow, offensive coordinator of the Browns. I mean, of the Bills, excuse me. The Browns is also interested in talking to him. Don Martinelli, Ravens, defensive coach. And Joe Brady, LSU co-offensive coach, are, are strongly like candidates. Mike McCarthy, of course, former Packers coach. Um, he has great ties and great relationship with the Giants organization. The Giants are interested in talking to him to bring him over there. Josh McDaniels, of course, we know he had that golden opportunity to uh, be the head coach in Cleveland and be the head coach of other organizations during that time around the league. But yet still he elected to stay with the Patriots. Now he's getting another shot with the Panthers and the Browns and the Giants, like I said, is interested in him. Now, we haven't brought up Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer haven't been into the game for quite some time now uh, since leaving Ohio State University. Now Urban Meyer is back in the news in the spotlight talking about a possibility of coming to the NFL to be a head coach in the NFL and the team that is interested in him in the NFL want to talk to him, will be the Cleveland Browns. Also, Matt Rule, Baylor head coach. The Giants are interested in talking to him. Chris Richard, Cowboys defensive back coach. The Giants is interested in talking to him. Ron Rivera, like I said, most likely, according to my dear friend Adam Schefter, NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, everybody that's been posting it up on Black Monday when all that stuff happened, he is going to be the new head coach of the Washington Redskins, Greg Romine, Ravens offensive coordinator, the Browns are interested in him. Robert Slay, 49ers defensive coordinator, the Browns are interested in him. And also, finally, Kevin Stefanski, Vikings offensive coordinator, the Browns are interested in him. So the Browns is the hottest team right now that need a lot of work to overturn what they did with this debacle season last year. The Browns is looking for a head coach to replace Freddie Kitchens, to see if they can work with Baker Mayfield, and this is what they're talking about, an offensive coach to be the head coach because Baker Mayfield is a hell of a player. He, he displayed what he could do earlier last year in his rookie season and how much potential he got. He just needs somebody with an offensive coach in mind to become a head coach to be able to work with him to make a lot of improvements to his game. And the Browns are looking at all these candidates more than any other team in the league right now. So the two hottest teams right now that are looking for candidates are the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants. When this should have been a golden opportunity for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions should have been the one fire Matt Patricia, get rid of the GM, and start looking at these candidates, getting permission with other teams to talk to these candidates to turn the Lions organization around. But no, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep Patricia, give him another chance. They're going to keep Quinn as GM, give him another chance. And we're going to see what the Lions are going to do during the offseason with trades. We're going to see what the Lions are going to do during the offseason with contract signings. We're going to see how everything goes down. 
at the Combine in Indianapolis, and I will be down there in February to find out what's going on, what's going down with all of that, and to see what the Lions are going to pull the trigger on, what they're going to do in the NFL draft. But we'll just have to wait and see with all of that, just like we're going to have to wait and see what a lot of this stuff is going on around the league, other NFL. And hopefully a lot of these teams, particularly the Browns in general, will get the suitable coach that they need to help turn their organization around, as well as the Giants, because these are the two hungriest teams of all of the NFL that's looking for head coaches. You're listening to the Scoop Talk Show with your host, Sean Harris, right here on Yellow Jacket Network. We'll be right back. Coming up, my man, CFL's punter kicker and 2016 Grey Cup champion, Zach Medeiros, will be joining me via phone live on the show. Up next, we'll be right back. Hey, Kalamazoo, did you know there's a new smoke shop in town? Hey, I didn't either. But guess what it is? It's called Stay Glassy Smoke Shop. Located by Western Michigan University campus, Stay Glassy has everything that you need to provide you with your smoking needs. They have hookahs, vapes, glass pipes, CBDs, grinders, and e-liquids. Also, Stay Glassy has the best prices on their glass pipes, CBDs, and much, much more. They have a huge e-liquid sale while supplies last. Stay Glassy. You can follow them on their social media page for weekly deals at Facebook at Stay Glassy KZU and also on Instagram at Stay Glassy KZU. Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, located at 3645 West Michigan Avenue, Kalamazoo, Michigan, 49006. Go see Guri and the guys today. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Harris, host of the Scoop Talk Show. You know, you can listen to my show on iTunes and the Apple Podcast. Yes, that's right. I said it. iTunes and the Apple Podcast. If you have an Apple phone, you can download that for free. Or if you have an Android phone, all you have to do is just go to Facebook.com and search for the Scoop Talk Show, and there will be a link connected for you so that you can listen to my show, iTunes, Apple Podcast, the Scoop Talk Show, Yellow Jacket Media Network. Don't miss it. Hello, Sean Harris here, host of the Scoop Talk Show. Be sure to catch 215 Live right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. joining us. We're back. Happy New Year to everyone. I'm your host, Sean Harris, and you are listening to the Scoop Talk Show right here on Yellow Jacket Network. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show is brought to you by OMG Sweets. OMG Sweets has everything to provide for you for your sweet tasting needs. From cakes to pies and pastries, you name it, she got it. To find out for what she got going on and also her specials and promotional deals, just go to her Instagram and Facebook page at OMG Sweets. 
That's double O H G double E E double M Sweets O M G Sweets. Oh, what a heavenly treat! I have a special treat for everyone joining us here on New Year's Day, 2020. Man, uh, this gentleman here connected with me, and he reached out to me, and I'm glad that we could set this up and have this on the show. He plays for the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League. I'm quite sure everyone here in America know about the Canadian Football League. He started his career out with the Edmonton Eskimos. He then went on to the Ottawa Redbacks. He went on in 2018 to play for the Montreal Alouettes. And he re-signed just in 2018 back with the Toronto Argonauts. He's a great cup champion in 2016. He's a punter and place kicker for the organization. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you no other than Zach Maderos. Hey, how's it going, Zach? Hey, man, that was quite the intro. Thanks for having me. Doing well, man. I'm excited to be on your show, and uh, yeah, let's get it going. Man, happy New Year to you. Twenty twenty, yeah, twenty twenty is is officially in full swing. Everybody can't wait for their New Year's resolutions, and you know a lot of people gonna break that up, right? You know, after the, know. the three days, after three days, it's over. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop that. It's over. But, yeah, man, like I said, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, you reached out to me. And uh, we can set this up. Yes, sir. Let's get to it. Okay, yeah. Um, for, like I said, with the telling the listening audience, you know, about your extended career um, with the Canadian Football League. My thing is, how did you first started, you know, getting into playing for for Canada for the Canadian the CFL? Well, I mean, honestly, so we have to take that back by the high school because I, to be quite honest with you, I didn't really have any interest in playing football when I was younger up until um, probably my eleventh grade, eleventh grade, twelve. For me, every year was, but uh, I always played soccer, so soccer was always a dream for me growing up. Um, kind of all I knew at that age. I, I played at such a young age, and I played that sport for 18 years. Um, and when I got into high school, grade 11, the football coach needed a kicker. Their guy went down with a torn ACL, and uh, he just came out for a soccer game once. And, you know, saw me shoot the ball, noticed um, how hard I, I shot as well. This is also my my gym teacher at that grade. Um, and just pulled me aside well, one day, one afternoon after school, and said, hey, would you like to come out and play for the team? Um, initially, I said no, um, but he, he kind of bothered me um, the next couple of weeks after that until, you know, it came to a point where I just stopped uh, resisting it, and finally I was able to cave in. I gave it a shot, and I fell in love with it ever since. And uh, that was a great way for me, kind of, to just pave the way for me to get into education after, after high school and getting my tuition paid for, so that's how it all came about. Yeah, because um, I understand, you know, uh, uh, during that time that you was uh, talking about that, you know, you had 
like you said, you had relieved a, a, a former kicker uh, there back in 2011, which was a, a legend in, in his own right, Chris uh, Mello. Am I correct? Yeah, Chris Mello, yeah. Yeah, he, he was a legend in his own right. And, man, for you to, you know, come in in that way, that's huge. It was yeah, honestly for me it, it was so natural. I didn't really can soccer, right? It's go go go. You're you're playing for ninety minutes, um, so I didn't really have that that many breaks in between that time. But football, it's such a especially the kicking spot and down the field, punting as well. It's such a unique uh, position on the field because you're only you have to really be be perfect. And that's why we also pride ourselves on being perfectionists in a way too, because we're only out there for four or five times a game and we have to be perfect and you know obviously covering the uh, score and whatnot is like you, you uh, essentially have to be flawless that's just the way it is because you're always two or three, three misses away from looking over your uh, shoulder and noticing competition coming in so it's a, it's a very unique craft that uh, I feel like you don't really have a deep appreciation for it so you know you, you, you kind of make the university level or even the pro level even exactly so to my listening audience out there, you guys got to understand where Zach is coming from with this because even though, like he said, you know, it's a minute position in the NFL as well as with the CFL, it's still big nonetheless. I mean, it's a, a punter and, and a place kicker is almost just as big as a wide receiver and a quarterback. And when the game is on the line, tie game, whatever, and you see this all the time. You play the sport. I watch it. I go to these games from time to time, and if a kicker miss or a place kicker misstep the ball in any or mishold the ball in any kind of way, and it's a blotch or it's a busted play or whatever, that that kicker could be fired the next day. Yeah, and that's actually a great point that that you uh, bring up there, Sean. Is that you know what? Obviously, you know when when you're on the outside. We're looking into the game is that when, when a kicker misses, people just, you know, they always see the end result, like, oh, he missed the ball. He should be the one that's gone. But they they forget that it's a three-man operation. And trust me, I'm not trying to throw any long snap or holder under the bus here. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, there, there could be a high snap, you know, a bad hold. And with that specialist, like, like anything in sports, double timing, getting into rhythm and whatnot. So the, the, the smallest little infraction and the smallest little, mi- the most min- min- minuscule mistake that can happen, just can throw the old timing up and, you know, the way it is and the way it is in, in sports that it's always going to fall on the kicker because he, he's the end product. He's the one finishing off that play and he's obviously graded on how many he makes and misses. It's like a QB throwing an INT. People don't think about, oh, if, he, if he's throwing on the run or if he's been under pressure or whatnot, right? It's always, he, he's the last one way with the ball in his hands and we're the last ones hitting the ball. So it always falls down to us, which is fine. I mean, I, I've come to go, I came to grips that, that that's just the way it is, and you have to kind of live with that. Right, exactly. So your role, you know, is very, very important just as much as the quarterback's role, the center who hiking the ball to the quarterback and have to get up and block at the same time, and the wide receiver have to run their route to make sure that that ball is placed right there as that quarterback makes connection with that wide receiver. So your role, you know what I'm saying, as being a punter and a place kicker, you know what I'm saying, is just as important as those roles, in my opinion. And at the same time, too, you have to, as a punter, 
you have to be accurate as well, like you said. That punt has to net so many yards and go so deep, and it has to be so accurate on the foot. If it comes off the side of the foot, now it's going out of bounds. It's moving over to the right. It's too far. It's moving over to the left too far. And then you are now giving the opposition better field position. Excuse me. Well, I think too with with with, with punting and honestly for me from being a soccer player learning to kick a certain way for 18 years to learn punting. I mean, there's a lot of similarities with kicking field goals and, and kicking a soccer ball. But punting, everything is so straight and so narrow. And it took me a good three four years to just have that technique down. Not even that, it's still a learning curve for me. Even playing at, 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 this, at this level, um, it's, it's punting is such an art because at the NFL level or CFL level. Location is key. I mean, you can kick the ball 70 yards, but if you only do about 105 times, I mean, no one's ever going to watch you. Like anything in sports, right? Right. Consistency is always key. You know what? They're always going to go for the guys that kick it over 40 yards, 45 yards. They, they want you to really step that, right? And they want the ball consistently out of the numbers, right? Or out of the bounds inside the twenty. That's just the way it is, right? But that just helps your coverage because if you lay an egg and just kick the ball down the middle of the field, I mean, you get the, the return option to run, and that's the last thing you want, right? So it's just learning that, that technique and it's not punting is such an art to learn. I'm thankful that I'm able to do, do it now, and I actually pride myself in able to do that because it was such a struggle learning that right after high school, and that, that's actually kept me sidelined for the most of my first year in uh, universities that, you know, I thought kicking out was good, same thing with kickoffs, but the, the punting was holding me back. Okay, yeah, yeah, because you, uh, we all know that being a field goal kicker, place kicker, punter, it's hard to be at the top of the draft in, in, in the first two rounds. The last person was to do that was Janikowski that got drafted number one overall by the Raiders. And he lasted a very long time, over nearly 20 years, if, not, if I understand it correctly, maybe even 20 years, in the league, and it's very, like you said, it's very difficult for a punter to, you know, be recognized as a top draft choice in any of the leagues, whether it's the NFL or the CFL, to be placed that high, unless a team desperately need that. Yeah. Well, you know what, and I'll, and I'll just kind of add to that. You don't need, first of all, especially in the in the state, is that kickers are they're they're a dime a dozen, right? There there's so many free agent kickers, and all of them are very, a lot, most of them are, are capable. I, I kick at the pro level, but a lot of times it's just unfortunate because they don't get the chance. They kind of showcase themselves or just unlucky, or they 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 place D two ball, D three ball, um, and you know because of that they don't really you know they simply don't get the chance. These guys playing. D1 football, but if you have a lot of kickers in the league, especially like the top tier guys, sure you have guys like Justin Tucker who went to Texas, which is a big school, right? He panned out. But you look at guys like Greg Zerline. He went to a D2 school in Nebraska or something like that. Or sorry, no, he went to Missouri Southern. Something like that. But it was a D2 school, and he's one of the premier kickers in the league. You know, um, you know, we have other kickers who went to small schools. You know, a guy like, uh, Goskowski for the Patriots, he wants to invest it, which, again, is D1 football, but they're not known for being this perennial powerhouse, right? So right. my point is that you don't need to take a kicker, even in the draft at all, because 
a lot of times you're going to find these guys sign as free agents, and those, those guys can be mainstays for 10-plus years. And we see that happen all the time. And it's the same thing for punters, right? Again, time it doesn't, right? You don't need to be taking these guys in the fourth and fifth round. You need to be using that, that pick for a guy that you're, you know, who, who needs to be the face of the franchise, which is a QB, could be a running back or a DB. Like, you know, years ago, and it's unfortunate because as a specialist, I hate seeing a guy fail. But Roberto Aguayo is the perfect example of that. Yes, you know, why they, why can't you take him in the second round? But that still makes no sense to me. It's not that he wasn't deserving of that pick, but he still would have been available in the fourth or fifth round, most likely. Yeah, you're exactly right, Zach. You're exactly right. And for those of you who are just tuning in, you listen to the Scoop Talk Show with me, Sean Harris. Happy New Year to everyone out there in Canada and the United States. And Happy New Year to everyone and all the other. 31 countries around the world that this show is being heard right now as we speak today. Joining me right now at this time is my good friend Zach Maderos, partner and place kicker of the Canadian Football League, Toronto Argonauts, former Great Cup champion. And he's kicking some knowledge, he's kicking some insight to y'all about his role and what he do for a team as being a punter and a place kicker and how all of this mesh and gels together. So... We're going to keep continue on going with this and everything like that. But, Zach, what I want to talk to you right now, going back to that Great Cup champion, 2016. Take all my listeners back to how it felt to win that Great Cup. Oh, you know what? I, I, you know, I'm going to now. Until this this day right now, and it's still feeling it, it's still taking it and whatnot. Because you know, I've been with the Argos the past two years, and the odds have been great. We, we both had back back seasons now in 2018 and in 2019. We had we finished our seasons at four and fourteen. So we've been second last place two years in a row, and we've missed the playoffs. You know, back back years. Like when you win the Great Cup, when you're part of something special, you think, geez, this is you know, this is awesome. I'm going to be here every year. You know, and uh, but that, that feeling in general, honestly, it, it honestly it doesn't sink in. I would say until a few months down the road, until you actually have a cup in your hands and it's not like the Super Bowl and the, and the Stanley Cup in hockey, where a player gets one one day with it. I think I got it a couple months after the championship, and uh, I think it was in February when I had it. And the, just having that trophy and, and seeing my name engraved on the trophy and being able to have that day to spend with it, not just me with the trophy, but my, my family and friends all came over. We had a whole party with it at my house, and I think that was the moment when I realized, geez, like, this is, you know, a lot bigger than me. You know, that's my family. That's my, my last name engraved on a trophy, and it's going to be there for years to come, for centuries to come. Exactly. Really, right? It's yeah. Like, it's going to be out there, right? So, you know, hopefully one day... I can show that to my my, my uh, kids and my grandkids. And it's just it's a very surreal moment. All the stuff that I'm saying right now, you don't really think about until you win it afterwards. I mean, that initial shock is yes, we won the trophy, it's a championship, but just you know, in terms of what how much it means to you, and you know, like I said before, bro, you know, sharing that moment with my my family and my my, my loved ones, and my, hopefully my my kids and great grandkids down the road. It's, it's, yeah, it's, honestly, it's, it's hard for me to kind of put into words the way that, first of all, how hard it is to win that trophy. Um, but now having it and obviously having the ring, because we, we actually got the great cup rings the following training camp in May. So having that as well is something I'll 
I'll treasure forever. Have you ever thought about trying to make it to the NFL here in the United States? Um, yeah, I mean, I actually went when I first started the university. It was definitely a thought. Um, even last year, um, not this hot season, but back in the 2018 season, I, I thought about it. I felt like for me, uh, I always wanted to have more of an established career in the CFL. Uh, maybe if you all start not um, playing your three or four years consistently to even give me an opportunity to uh, give myself a shot in the NFL. The only reason why I say that is that I, I think I'm, I'm capable of doing it, but, I mean, it's, it's probably on people's radars, when you, especially when you didn't play college ball in, in the U.S. Um, there are kickers from my area. Um, there's one, my Mike there, Jack Grew, an hour away from me my hometown. Um, he'd be the one that actually comes to mind. Um, and uh, as well as Sean Sweet, but he also played college ball, I believe he was bowling green. So um, he was already on scout's radars. Um, aside from that, it is, it is difficult for a Canadian specialist because the other issue is that a lot of us use that one-inch team. I know in the States, you're not allowed to use that past high school. So for us, we're, you know, we're, we're so used to using that at teach throughout high school, we use it in college, and we also use it at the CFL level since the day allow it. It is an option for us to use it. Um, I, I, you know, I, last year I went down to the half pitch, but I, I don't know if I could ever get away from that just because I'm so used to it. And I, taking out the ground for me is still pretty foreign. Um, not that it's impossible and that maybe one day I might uh, entertain it again down the road if, if, I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to do that. Um, but for the time being, I think CFL for me will, I'll, I'll probably always stay in this league. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you got to do what's best for you, right? And if you got a family, you know, you got to do what's best for that family, too, as well. You know, and, and find the comfort zone and what needs to be done in that particular moment of time to, to solidify what it is got to be met. So I yeah, agree. I agree yeah, I agree. I agree totally with you on that. And I, hey, my listening audience, I'm quite sure don't have no objection to that because I don't have no objection to that. When you're done playing for the season, what is the things that, you know, you do to engage with your community out there and, and ways that you can give back? Because that is so important for an athlete is to give back to their communities. Because I am up there. 
but what, what you said to me today really got you know, home to me, and I really appreciate you uh, coming out there to talk to me today because it really engaged my situation and what I'm dealing with today. You know, if I get even one kid sometimes, it's worth it. It's worth doing that every single time. And, I, you know, last year I did about five outings. Um, this year I hope to do more, but... You know, sometimes you, you don't even get that from the kids. It's just fine. It just shows that, you know, they, they appreciate you coming out and the whole staff as well. But it's always a great feeling when they acknowledge you and everything you, 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 you've been through. And I mean, that's the bonus along with that is that when the kids come up to you or even staff members up, I say, hey, like, that, you know what, like, I've been going through a lot lately. What we said, you know, I, it really hit home for me. Again, that means the world to me to get that out of the kids. Right, I mean, it's like the old scenario and the old saying goes, each one teach one. And that's what we have to do. It takes a, a, a village to raise a child. And somehow, some way, we've gotten out of that over time, you know. And we have to keep that tradition alive and going because our young youth need that so much important more than ever before. And I thank you so much, my brother, for sharing that with my listening audience because that is so important. I know... We got, we got to wrap it up, and I know I got to let you go, but I just want to let everybody know where they can find you, what's your handles on how they can get a hold of you, with, the, with, with these yeah. causes that you have been talking about, what you do during the off-season to help others, to help young kids. Where, 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 where my listening audience can look you up and find you at? My brother, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I'm 50. This brother younger than me, but he kicking knowledge to y'all right here on my show that y'all listening to. Happy New Year to all y'all out there listening to the Scoop Talk Show with me, Sean Harris, and my man, Zach Medeiros, punter kicker of the Toronto Argonauts. He letting y'all know what time it is. So, you know, that's what it is. I want you to let everybody know who you are, what team you play for, and what they listening to. There you go. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. My man just said it. I ain't got to say it. You know what you're listening to. Right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Yeah. Love you some Scoop Talk Show? Hey, I got the facts and the facts don't lie. You know that. I know that. Say what?
You can now take the show anywhere just go to yellowjackinmedia.com. Click on the podcast and listen today. The Scoop Talk Show each and every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Yellow Jacket Media Network. Hey, there's two sides to every story, and I'm aiming to get the scoop on it. And never before. This is the real deal. Welcome back. This segment of the Scoop Talk Show was brought to you by WMU Gold Broncos, Western Michigan University. Well, NCAA football playoffs are here, like I said earlier in the segment of the Open Up the Show. And boy, has it been a good one. The first responder bowl, Western Michigan versus Western Kentucky in Dallas, Texas at Gerald Ford Stadium. And man, that was a great game. I mean, they had its ups and downs, I tell you. It had its ups and downs in that game, and Western didn't win. They lost 23-20 to on a last-minute field goal, a 52-yarder, by Western Kentucky's kicker, freshman kicker, I should say. Now, the question is, do you fault Tim Lester for that? After the debacle by Wasnick? And he was clearly wide open, y'all. I'm quite sure... For those of you who watched the first Responders Bowl game on ABC, he was clearly wide open. Stumbled, lost the football, and had no choice but to fall on it. And that just blew the drive right there. A game that Western needed to win, and they just didn't get the job done. They lost 23-20. to Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you so much for joining me right here at the Scoop Talk Show right here on Yellow Jacket Network for the first episode of the year. I would like to thank my guest, Zach Medeiros, for joining me on the show. Also, I would like to thank my sponsors, Stay Glassy Smoke Shop, Residence Inn, Kalamazoo, Marriott, OMG Suites, and WMU Go Broncos. And I would like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Without you, this show would not be possible. Take care, love one another, see you next time.